It is I, Dr. Nefarious Tiberius. I will now take the throne that is mine owed and conquer the world, because that was my evil, evil desires. Normally, I would try to play off of that, but I have no idea <laughs> what that was. <laughs> that is our introduction to today's episode on Couch Theater. Remember when we used to do, like, I would try and do, like, a little theme song? Remember those good old days before we started doing really weird things like this? Okay, give me an evil, evil villain theme song. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I see where we're going with this. It always yeah. comes back to Star Wars. <laughs> Welcome, people. We are Couch Theater. We sit on our butts all day and talk about movies and TV shows. And today we're taking a topic to uh, talk about our favorite villains. Some of our favorite villains. The favorite villains I could remember when making this list. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> there will be a lot of recency bias because I don't remember things from like 10 years ago. You didn't just go on IMDb and scroll through thousands and thousands nope. of movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll go first. I'm going to just get this out of the way right of the way. I have a villain who's purple. So you're... Wait. Is this list in any... Like in order of your preference or is it just... No, villains. Yeah, just villains that that are on my tier list. I don't have them in a, a ranking okay. whatsoever. All right, that's good to know. A purple villain. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I'm thinking. I'm thinking very hard. Dark side. <laughs> Dark side's evil twin from another dimension. Thanos. The T Man himself. T Dog. <laughs> Mister Snap. Snap Diggity. I am inevitable. I am. <laughs> I know what it's like to lose, to feel so desperately that you're right. Anyhow, I'm not <laughs> going to do the whole quote here, but <laughs> I, yeah, man, it's been a process for Marvel. They had the formula for the main characters. They had the formula for the amount of witty banter versus action versus seriousness. But for so long, they just, they couldn't nail the villains, right? And so I think seeing Thanos and his first introduction, I've had the whole like, first minute in Infinity War memorized, like, his lines. It's, like, it's such a good introduction. Go on, do it for us. This will be the Instagram clip. Go. <laughs> I know what it's like to lose, to feel so desperately that you're right, yet fail, nonetheless. It's frightening. Turns the leg to jelly. I ask you to what end? Dread it? Run from it? Destiny arrives all the same. Did you slip into Star Wars? And no. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's Thanos. Is that actually Thanos? Yeah. <laughs> and he says Destiny's all the same, and then he's like, now it's here, or should I say I am? And then he like shows his gauntlet, and he's like, I got the power stone. I feel like it would you put, a, put, a, put a ring on it or something. <laughs> all the single Thanos. <laughs> all, all the single, single Thanos. Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it was good. Like, he's a villain who still wants to, in a way, take over the world, sure. But like... Don't be ill. He has an agenda to it. He has a relationship with his daughter, you know. Daughters. Daughters, right? And, like, the way he talks and the way he comes across himself, his, his demeanor and everything is just so much more, like... I'm not necessarily... He doesn't view himself as evil. That's the thing, right? I feel like a lot of villains in Marvel, they, the acting is almost like, here, I am a villain and I know I'm a villain. Yeah, they definitely view themselves as villains. 
or are not actually thinking about anything they're doing. Yeah. It's almost like so. someone wrote them to be a villain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like Thanos. I considered putting him on my list. Uh, I did not for one specific reason. I'll get to it. But I'll give you the first one on my list. There's Magneto. Mm. The Magnet Man himself, Mr. I have a superpower that is a worse version of telekinesis. I wear a bucket for a head. It is I, Magneto. That guy. Hands down my favorite villain ever. So things I appreciate in my villains. I want, ideally to have all these things, but at least one of these things. I want you to be competent. I want my, I don't want bumbling, like, it's fun to read them or watch them while you're watching people bumbling around and just be incompetent. But I, it really, I want my villains to be competent at what they're doing and present an actual foil for the heroes to overcome. I want them to be extremely intentional, not just doing things. Cause sometimes, <laughs> sometimes villains are just doing things. Cause I was born evil. Yeah, yes. it's like I decided to monologue. Why? Cause I decided that I wouldn't kill you now. Why? Cause it's just they're just doing things. Cause I, I want my villains to have reasons for what they're doing. And the last one is not the most important, but I do like it when you're relatable. Like I can understand how you know you got to where you are. Like if I had a very different life experience, I could see some way, shape, or form that I also had superpowers. I can see myself being where you are now, kind of thing. I like that in my books. And that's why I like Magneto, because when I watch X-Men, I'm on Magneto's side 100% all the time. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you have the power, and I don't trust this government's either. Screw them all. Screw everybody. <laughs> I'll do it myself. So this is the reason why you bumped uh, Thanos off the list? Yeah, because he ha- he's intentional, but... Also, while it's amazing the, what the MCU did and all that building up, when you look at it in hindsight, there is also like, okay, but why isn't Thanos just here like right now? Because if he, if he showed up in the first Iron Man movie, there would be no one to stop him. <laughs> he showed up when all of them had figured out their powers, <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, so there's a little bit of that. Like, I know it's like, uh, he didn't know where the time stone was. <laughs> <laughs> the time stone that like that owner has been using just recklessly the entire time. Uh, so there's a little bit of that. And there's also the, uh, this is not a new argument by any stretch of the imagination, but he has all the infinity gauntlet, infinity stones in his infinity gauntlet. And then he's like, I'm going to wipe out half the population of the universe. And there's so many problems with that plan. It's like you, it's like you're a kindergartner. You have not thought this through enough because A, you have the infinity gauntlet. Just do literally anything else. Like you can snap your fingers and solve a lot of problems right now, buddy. But also killing half the population of the universe doesn't actually solve the problem. Because guess what? At a previous time in the universe's lifespan, there were less people. You know what happened? People reproduced. You kill half of them, you know what they're going to do? They're going to reproduce. This problem has not been fixed. You've just delayed the problem. And then you've gone <laughs> into your retirement home. So, yeah. Uh-huh. I enjoyed Infinity War a lot. I enjoy Thanos as a villain. But like when I sit back and think about it more, I'm just like, eh. He's missing some things for me. Yeah, I, I'd say Magneto is a good choice to put on your list. I, is he on I yours? totally forgot about him. No, I I think I forgot about him. I really like Sir Ian, so the actor who played him. He did a really good job in X-Men 1 and 2 and 3. I'll, cool. I'll have one. This one is a blue person. I'm slightly colorblind, so I don't know his <laughs> true color. But this one's a blue person, I think. Yeah. General Thrawn. I don't know that. Where is he from? Star Wars. That explains why I don't know that. What does he do? <laughs> well, so he was introduced... He, he's in uh, in the books. Uh, but he was introduced in terms of uh, television and media. He was introduced in uh, Star Wars Rebels. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
he doesn't have powers or anything, right? So there's no force. But the thing that made him always so cunning was like his his intellect. You're talking about like a character who just doesn't dabble and they're very like intentional and stuff. Like that's an enemy that I always felt like when I was watching him. Like he's very strategic. Like this, like a lot of the Star Wars universe follows the Sith and the Jedi, right? And so a lot of the the power dynamics falls through that. And here you see the power of this man who doesn't have the force, but has, you know, the whole the whole empire behind him, basically. And if somebody just has a smart mind and cunningness, this is everything he can do, all the destruction he can do, and all the ways that he can push uh, your characters to the to the edge kind of thing. So I, I've been very stoked for him because in Mandalorian season two, there there's a mention of him, which means Okay. They're they're going to bring him in at some point. In some way, shape, or form. Yeah. It was almost like the Lex Luthor of Star Wars. Maybe. Not the Batman v Superman version. <laughs> Not that version. The Lex Luthor who's the ideal Lex Luthor who's just a very smart, intelligent, exactly. rich person who's able to foil Superman just by being himself. He's I also really like Lex Luthor, yeah. 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 We can play a very short mini game. Okay. I just thought about it. I can try and guess someone that's on your list. And you can try and guess Sona's on my list. Okay. Though the guess I have, based on your previous villain, I think, probably isn't actually on your list. Who? Darth Vader. He's not on my list. Okay. <laughs> but there <laughs> is another character. <laughs> there is another Star Wars character? Amazing. <laughs> Man, who am I going to... The Dark One. I'm From just... The Wheel of Time? Yes. No, not one of my favorites. The Wheel of Time, for all the things I love about it, has some pretty not-so-great villains. Dang <laughs> <laughs> <Hang> it. <laughs> Give me your three attributes again. Intentionality, competence, and hopefully relatability. The last one is I'm very willing to throw out the other one. You like fantasy. I don't know much about fantasy. We're talking movies, right? TV shows? Uh, yes, I try not to bring anything from books. I have, the I other have a guess. Why. I have another guess, but it's on my list, so I don't want to guess it. <laughs> is it... Okay, I mean, this is on my list, but I assume it's also on your list. The Joker? No. You don't have the Joker? He's not even my favorite Batman villain. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true, that's true. Never mind. Uh, okay. Go on. No, wait, that's your... Okay. He's on my... Well, specifically, Heath Ledger's Joker. Okay, tell yeah. me about him. Uh, who is Heath Ledger? Who is Heath Ledger? He was an actor who has passed, unfortunately. Um, no, but why I, I like that... so. That Joker is completely unrelatable. I cannot even get into the mind space of who this person is or why he's doing anything. But the sense that movie gives me is, as crazy as he is, and as much as whatever he's doing is behind a cloud, there is a purpose. And to my interpretation, that purpose is, you know, against Batman. He's like a reaction to Batman. He's everything's basically, I kind of pull a little bit of the killing joke too from that, of like, everything you're doing is kind of nonsense and... His entire purpose is to show you that this is complete nonsense and that given enough pressure, you will cave and all this. Can we just stop all of this? And he's also really, really good at screwing with Batman. Yes. Uh, so he's not necessarily take over the world competent, but he's like the thing he's trying to do, which is cause mayhem. He always does it. Regardless of whether or not Batman wins and throws him in jail, I feel like the Joker never actually loses. Whereas with the other Batman villains, and I'm not the biggest Batman expert, so I might be missing someone, but... If when he foils Riddler, he's foiled Riddler. He's he's gotten. When he foils the Penguin or whoever else, he got them. Whereas when he foils the Joker, I feel like he didn't really win. The Joker accomplished what he wanted to accomplish anyway. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight is interesting in that, that in a sense, Joker kind of won, right? Yeah. Because he, he managed to turn a good the good knight, the white knight, into... Harvey the Dark Knight. <laughs> no, he turned Harvey Dent into Two Face. Yeah, that's yeah. the Dark Knight. No, the Dark Knight is Batman. No, I, I disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was interesting. In a, there's a line where he says, "Like I'm an agent of chaos," and I'm like, Joker, you have planned so many. You've put a phone in someone's stomach okay. for the exact timing of that person to go into jail. I will, I will give the caveat that he is unbelievably competent. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as though he has read the script of the movie he's in and knows exactly what to do. Because some of the actions he takes, I don't understand how he got there. But if I throw all that out the window, he's pretty confident. And I guess to take back some of what I said, I mean, in uh, as much as he did sort of prove his point, he also failed to prove his point with Batman. Uh, because Batman didn't do the thing he wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. And all those people on the boat didn't do the thing he thought they were going to do. So he does yeah. fail sometimes, obviously. Otherwise, you know, he would be winning. But... I still feel like he gets his point across very well. Yeah. I have two that I just wanted to mention at once. It's like a, this is not part of the list. It's like a brief side note. No, no. They're, they're all, I'm just going to put them as one because they're from the same TV series, mm. Avatar Korra. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender. I think I know what you're going to say, but keep going. Avatar The Last Airbender is obviously, like for me, I, I love that show more. But I like Amon and Zaheer, both of those. Let go your earthly tether. Enter the void, empty, and become wind. Yeah. <laughs> something, something, equalists. <laughs> he was so cool. Uh, and the, yeah, I'm on with the mask and his tragic backstory and being like super powerful. Like they really took bloodbending up, up a notch in that series. I mean, I'm almost maybe I, too I, much. I think they took it to the natural conclusion because the, when you first see bloodbending, I think it's season two or was it season, season three? three? Season three of uh, Avatar Last Airbender. My first thought is, that's extremely powerful, and everyone should be doing that all the time. She was the first one to learn about it. Uh, yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> no one knew there was water and blood. <laughs> because once you're controlling the person's body, you've won the fight. Because they can't even bend at you anymore. That's like, true. Like, you, you really, everyone should just do this. Yeah. <laughs> no, bloodbending was a cool thing to expand upon, and they did a good, good guy. And both of these characters both have, like, some truth to them. Like, their their philosophy is slightly interesting, right? Like, the idea of equalist and, like, of feeling neglected because of, of bending, feeling like bending is the problem in their world, right? What was Sahir's point? Wasn't he, like, a nihilist? Yeah, he was a nihilist. He, he wanted chaos. But, like, it fit... The reason why his philosophy fit well in the story was because the queen was really unlikable. Yeah. Right? She was she was the pinnacle of like what a bad monarchy kind of looks like, right? Yeah. So it, with him there, it, it just happened to fit really well. And like he, he despite his like nihilist kind of thought, like you saw that he was also kind of spiritual. Which the second villain in season two also had that like they a sense of spirituality, which spirituality is often seen as like a good thing, where where people can a good quality because they're they're more in in tune with. In, with nature, with... You're the, talking about Unalak, I presume. Not it, the giant yes, evil entity yes. floating thing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Forget about that. I, I, the idea generally in movies is a bad guy does not understand nature. They don't understand, in a sense, the spirituality or this other aspect of the world. And they just see oil or greed or something, right? So yeah. it's, it's interesting to see a character's 
who have that good philosophy on their side and taint it. Yeah. I, from what I recall, I like, I like Sahir. I don't remember really feeling anything about his point of view, but I do like Amon. Like, season one and season two, as much as a train wreck the end of season two was, I really like the villains because I like Amon. I, he has a point and I agree with his point. The benders are kind of just running roughshod over everyone and that's not a very equal society. Yeah. And the way he goes about it is not the greatest. And I think in the end, he turns out to really be a hypocrite anyway. But... He's bloodbending. <laughs> yes. But he does have a point. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, is the way I'm sure lots of terrible regimes have started. Someone had a point. It was a good point. Yeah. And then everything from there went wrong. Mm-hmm. And then in season two, I don't know if I really found, not necessarily Unilok specifically to be a great villain. I guess, yes, him. I, I guess I found the entire just politics to be the villain. Before we got to the giant exploding monster part. Yes. The politics of it and the way it just, there wasn't anyone really powerful. No one was more powerful than Korra or anything like that. It was just the politics and the mechanizations of society were just completely overwhelming and undermining anything the Avatar could do. Just a side note on that, <laughs> yeah. if you might. May. That's what I think makes good storytelling when you have a main character who's just over Kit right has too much power it's you have to go undermine and find that character's weakness with yeah. the writers they realize Cora's weakness is she doesn't think a lot yeah her, her self image her it's not self image her public image right her way to deal with politics her patience right these kind of things is how you take a character like superman or these other characters who are super powerful and you you subvert their their powers you yeah. you make them undermine them right yeah. Anyhow, sorry. No, that, I mean, that was the end of my point. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, okay, another villain. Uh, I also have a two-parter. I'll save that for the next one. I'll get the last of my comic book villains out. Uh, Ozymandias. You know, have you ever seen Watchmen? No, I have not. Okay, I'll give you a clip notes version. Basically, he's this really smart kid. Uh, the smartest man in the world, one might say. I think they were pulling that for Batman. Anyway... <laughs> He's like the smartest person in the world, very intelligent. And then he goes on this, you know, vision quests, this discovery of himself type of thing. And then that's when he sort of gets this kick to, I want to be a superhero. I want to change the world. And he comes back and, well, not necessarily a superhero, because except for Dr. Manhattan, I don't think anyone actually has superpowers in that thing. I might be remembering wrong. But he goes, he trains up, he becomes, you know, as we say, the baddest badass that ever badass. And then he becomes a vigilante and starts fighting crap. I believe he joins the Watchmen or is about to join the Watchmen. Something about that. Either way, he ends up realizing at some point that this is not, this does not actually solve the problem. He wants to change the world. He wants to, you know, unite the world, get rid of villains and stuff. And this, what he's doing right now is nice in like the one-off case, but this doesn't actually solve any problems. Uh, and then and he also feels this neat, the, like the public perception is turning on them and people don't really want mass vigilantes running around kicking people's butts unsurprisingly so he sort of um, basically outs himself says oh I'm the guy and then he basically turns that into and uses uses it to build a brand for himself and become rich and famous and popular and everything and basically starts concocting this plan to essentially foil kill or some or in some way get rid of anyone he thinks is actually powerful enough to like stand against him like dr manhattan he comes up with this cookie plot to get him off of earth and stuff like that and his entire thing which if you've seen the watchman movie i think they did it differently but the entire thing is create a threat that's so devastating and make the entire world have to band together to stop this threat and that's it that's how i solve that's world peace which makes like when you think about it for again more than 10 minutes you're like that does not work buddy but i appreciate the like how he got to that point, he's like, 
I want world peace. How do I force people mm. to do what I want them to do? What he's not the guy with the ink blot test on his face. No, that's uh, Roshark. Okay, he's basically. I think he's just like wearing a suit or whatever throughout the entire movie. Uh-huh. Uh, he's basically the politician. Like if you remember the movie, there's a guy who he has like a little. I forget what his costume looks like, but he's I, from what I remember the movie. He's usually not in costume and just being a businessman. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, reminds me of Sasuke. What about him reminds you of Sasuke? <laughs> That was legit how Naruto and Sasuke ended up fighting again at the very end of Naruto Shippuden, I think. And Sasuke is like, after they beat, I don't know, Madara. I stopped watching after a while, but I know... I like, stopped paying attention after a while. I, well, I read it all the way to the end, but the last, like, 200 chapters, yeah. I was not paying attention. <laughs> I couldn't make it through the through Ninja War, but whatever happens at the end of that, Naruto and Sasuke fight again, right? I Most remember, definitely. I remember the dialogue and Sasuke was like, I will now become the villain. Like, uh, everyone will hate me so that the world can bond, band together and they will find unity by fighting me or something. Is that what he said? It, uh, that's a I'm not, I'm not doubting you. I just don't remember anything about it. They, they needed a reason for Naruto and Sasuke to fight again and I think that was what they came up with. I'm, like, really, like... Oh, I am starting to remember a bit of yeah. this. Yeah, 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 yeah. That made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, it made, it doesn't make sense when Ozymandias does it. It makes even less sense when Sasuke does it. <laughs> no sense. They were fighting. Ah, whatever. Anyhow, interesting villain. So the next person on my list is uh, Batman v Superman's Lex Luthor. I thought the immaturity and the just obliviousness and just his lack of arrogance was like a very good character quality yeah i almost put him on my list i was just worried about offending you um but i'm glad to see we're on the same page that <laughs> truly was the best the best rendition of oh, lex luthor ever they butchered that sorry <laughs> i added that on my fake list <clears throat> fake list <laughs> yeah i'll add uh gaston from beauty, beauty and, and the beast, beast. yes <laughs> pray tell <laughs> man i Again, another thing with movies is that a villain is always scary, mm-hmm. right? And they're, like, generally, like, terrifying and people, like, kids shudder around them and stuff. But Gaston is just, like, he's super sexist and super, like, dumb. He's not smart, right? And he's all these bad things, but he's just so self-indulgently charming about it. I don't know. Like, I, I enjoy him as a bad guy. I enjoy his his villain song. Are you talking about the, the live-action movie? No, no, no. The, You're talking the about animated. the animation? Yeah. He's he's clearly evil, right? He's, cle- well, like, not a good person. Yeah, I don't not say evil. he's evil. He's... Yeah, he's not a good person. He's like the job from high school, basically. That's how I always view Gaston. But he's so charming. And- <laughs> he's just like the job from high school. He's <laughs> just... <laughs> and his own, he gets his bad guy theme songs. I mean, bad guy theme songs in, in Disney movies are always pretty good. but They're usually better than than uh, good guy theme songs, that's for sure. Yeah. Which is why I love uh, Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Mm. You poor unfortunate souls. <laughs> She's the best part of that entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. Ted Crawford from Fracture. Have you seen Fracture? I've seen Fracture. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins plays another... Uh, Hannibal-like character, one might say. Uh, but I love that character. Uh, he's, yeah, a brief overview of that. He basically finds out his wife is cheating on him. And 
decides to kill his wife, but he concocts this plan where he gets to kill her and basically get away with it scoffery. Uh, he kills her, he admits to killing her, and then goes to court and just basically play, dances circles around everyone until legally they can't hold him with anything and he walks away. And it's just watching his plan unfold and just seeing that this person, it, it's, it's that ultimate, like, you were so upset, you're like, I hate this person and I'm going to kill them. But then he had the self the self-restraint to stop and say, okay, well, if I kill them, I'm just going to go to jail. But I still really want to kill them. So I'm going to figure out how I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, yeah, you've already said that he's killed her. So I'll, I'll add that another cool thing about that is that he knows how to get exact revenge on the, the person she's cheating with, too. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's, like, it's just so brilliantly executed. Yep. Definitely a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, no, no. Yeah, I like... I like Fracture 2. Good good one. Right, I'm down to two. This one I'm going to be very brief about because we already talked about it. Silco from Arcane. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. A villain who is also very scheming. You, you see the intentionality. But it, there's also elements of relatableness to him, right? He's not always fully in control like you talked about. Things like that. I'd recommend just watching our hour-long episode on Arcane to... Which, Here are our thoughts on that. Which came out two weeks ago, or maybe four weeks ago. We don't know when we edit or release these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's a short one. I'm back to you. Uh, okay. I'm down to I'm down to one and a joke. Wait. You give me the character, I'll tell you if it's a real one or a joke. I think it's going to be pretty obvious. <laughs> it's going to be pretty obvious when I tell you what the joke one is. <laughs> do it. Batman. Like Batman? Yeah, like Batman. Bruce Wayne. Convince me he's not a villain. Con- <laughs> what? No. He does. The s- streets are safer. Are they? He, he's justice. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you on this. Yeah, yeah. Sort of. This, this, sort is, of. this is my joke one. I mean, obviously, it's comic books. He's the hero, yada, yada, yada. But almost more than any other superhero, if you pause and take a look at what Batman does, you're like, you are not even remotely in the right <laughs> on any of these things. Uh, but that's just comic book logic. My actual one is... Uh, have you seen Midnight Mass? No, not yet. Okay. So, two of the two of the villains from that. Bev who, and Father Paul. Um, this is the TV show, right? This is the TV show. I'm trying to think of what is or is not a spoiler. I think calling Father Paul a villain is not necessarily a spoiler. That should be obvious, basically, from, like, episode two. The extent of his villainhoodness will unfold. I can never watch this TV show now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I don't think the... The plot, like the secrets and the, the things that get uncovered, I don't think are actually as interesting as what the show is trying to say about life and death and like religion and stuff like that. And I actually be very interested to see your take on that if you ever watch it. But I really like, uh, Bev is basically this like, oh, she's my favorite character ever. She's this Sunday school, just, you know, when we say, okay, you go to church and you think it's supposed to be like, oh, you know, it's Christian, everyone's supposed to be happy and stuff. But you also know that there's like the gossips and the seedy people, and there's people who you really don't like at church. I think you're bringing up trauma in my yeah, head. Exactly. That's what, her, her name that's is her Bev. name is Bev. That's what this movie did to me. There's so much like Catholic hymns and songs and masses. It felt like I was ten years old again going to sun uh, morning mass. And she just embodies all of those people. Who is so stuck up and self-righteous and thinks that they're the best thing that ever happened to this world while so clearly just being bad people. Does she use hairspray? 
I have no idea. I don't think so. Okay. But <laughs> Bev just embodied all that to such a degree that I'm like, I, I just love to hate this character because she's such a terrible person while thinking she's so great. And Father Ball is a bit more nuanced. I won't go into that because of spoilers, but I also kind of like the, their dynamic. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I've had my fair share. I've been to churches where there's a Bev. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, yeah. My last one, I, as I as I said, I, I had another Star Wars one. If it's not Darth Vader, it's obviously the Senate. The the Jedi Senate? <laughs> no, the guy who says I am the Senate. Who is this? Palpatine, Darth Sidious. Oh, <laughs> does he say that? <laughs> yeah, the uh, Samuel Jackson. Sorry, yeah, tries to arrest him. You mean? I forget the character's name. Never mind. Mace Windu. Yeah, yeah. purple lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, he he's like you know the the Senate would decide your fate, and he's like, I am the Senate. Have you heard the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Yeah, <laughs> literally the most unsubtle secret agent ever. <laughs> that is exactly why I love him. I can another thing like yes, movies are like understanding now. Villains need to have that relatableness and. I thought it was very interesting that you said that was like a plus, but it's not as necessary as the other uh, factors that you had mentioned. And I think that's true because for Darth Sidious, I, it's not like he's relatable. There's no traumatic backstory that we're given, at least not in the canon movies and TV shows. He's just so unabashedly evil. Yeah. And just like, you know, the music, whenever he shows up, decides to go, oh, <laughs> This guy is evil in case you were not aware. <laughs> and he, he shoots lightning from his hands and he wears, you know, a, what, what, a dark cloak uh, with, yeah, <laughs> with a hoodie covering his whole ugly his face. red eyes. <laughs> just evil. It's just saying things like, Good, your hate has made you powerful. Do it! Do it! Like, <laughs> It's so good at being evil, like just over the top bad guy. Yeah, I can appreciate that. It's just like this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> it, it takes all the like simple qualities of a bad guy and says, "Let's add some steroids on that and give it out to the world." This is <laughs> this is what you have. Like, I love it. Yeah, that that's almost how I feel about like uh, the Green Goblin from the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. It's you can tell. I forget the actor's name. Uh, but he's just having a, a ball of a time every time he's on screen, just being the Green Goblin, just cackling to himself and saying whatever mad nonsense he's saying. It's like, this guy's having fun being a villain. <laughs> yep. He would make an interesting Joker, an older Joker, I think. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. He's got all the right facial expressions. Why can't I remember <laughs> his name? Willem Dafoe. Yes, that is his name. Willem the foe. Even his he name. His the name. Foe. Yeah, his name gives away that he's the bad guy. <laughs> Willem the foe or Willem the friend? <laughs> okay. Well, that's the entirety of my list. Do you have anyone else? Nope. That is the entirety of my list. Now too. I want to hear what else is on your joke list. Oh, wait. <laughs> I had Lex Luthor. <laughs> I mean, if you want, I could put Joker from Suicide Squad. Ah. He's not a bad villain. He's just damaged. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there are other villains. Like there are plenty of villains. There must be that are like Darth Sidious esque, where they're like supposed to just be plain evil. Yeah, but it doesn't. Doesn't, doesn't Victor work. Von Doom fall into that category? 
Does he? It's different in the movies than in, in the movies, as bad as they are, as in the comics. I actually liked the, the first one. Not the, like, 1991, but, like, the one with, uh, uh, what's her name? Halle Berry? Nope, not not that. Not Halle Berry. Other person. Jessica Alba? Jessica Alba. The one with Jessica Alba. I actually liked those ones when I was a kid. <laughs> Probably if I watched them again, I wouldn't like them as much, but... They're a little bit more cringe when okay, you watch them. you know... <laughs> I probably back then was just willing to accept camp in my things. It's like, this is fun. Yay, look, it's Silver Surfer. Look at him go. Me too, me too. <laughs> I miss those days when I didn't look at it and be like, okay, but think about the implications of what you're doing, yada, yada, yada. It makes watching movies a lot less fun, I'm tell you that. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, there, there are other complete failure knockoffs, probably. Like, even Venom, in a sense, I think when the original came out, it was just like a plain villain. Hmm. You know, I'm a big monster kind of thing. I mean, a lot of them are. Even Magneto, when he first, like, I'm sure if you go back and read the first issue stuff, it's just, it's this guy with a bucket for a head, and he's controlling metal. And I'm sure, like, over time, he developed, they gave him the backstory and stuff like that. That's how a lot of comic book stuff happens. It's like, villain of the week, and then, yeah. and, like, people really like this guy, so let's bring him back and do something more with him. That's true. Yeah. Well, I think that concludes our list, unless if you have any other jokes. I do not have any other jokes. We have run out of jokes, people. That is our indicator. That to... is time to stop. Yes. Who is our sponsor for this episode? Um, Sidious Toothpaste. Ooh. Tell me more about Sidious Toothpaste. Oh, have you ever felt like your face was ugly and deformed by electricity that you had shot to another person, but it reflected and bounced back at you? Yes, I have felt that way. Yeah, and did it affect your teeth at all? Yeah. Did it make it hard for your gums for you to, like, bite on food? Yeah. Introducing Sidious Toothpaste. What does it do? It Sidiously fixes your teeth. Makes them white, white, white. Yes. I'm trying to figure out what... Darth Sidious is never white. (laughs) And... (laughs) Okay.